out there, we're on the air, it's hockey night tonight. Tension grows, the whistle blows, and the puck goes down the ice. The goalie jumps and the players bump and the fans all go insane. Someone roars, Bobby scores at the good old hockey game. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. All right, welcome to Vegas Hockey Hotline from the Brian Blessing Studio. Sponsored by Station Casinos and the STN app. I'm Dana Lane, that's Stevie Slapshot. I made a mistake, and there are times where I make mistakes during the show. And I go home, and I told you, I don't like listening to myself at all. I never go home and listen, but I think in my mind, I I can kind of replay it because I've recorded the show somehow in my mind. And thinking, oh, that was wrong. That was the wrong thing to say. I shouldn't have said it. Anyway, this is not a big deal. But just going back to music, because it's a it's a it's a big day. Like when your band puts out a new new song or a new album, it's a big day. So the the new Def Leppard album that will be out next month is called Diamond Star Halo, not Diamond Star Rider, which I was mixing it up with Black Star Rider, but there is a connection between the two bands because Ricky Warwick is in the band and he's good friends with Def Leppard. So that's my out. <laughs> Diamond Star Halo is a is a verse in a song. Yes it is. Yep. Okay. Yep. It's uh was that a T Rex was that the yeah. T Rex song? Okay. Yes, exactly. And that's uh, one of their huge influences in addition to Bowie and that's where that came from. So okay. good good on you. Well look at me. You're spreading musical knowledge throughout the land. I know. know. Did you see uh, Marshawn Lynch, Lynch, who became part owner of the Kraken? The first thing he did was jump on a Zamboni. I did see that on the internet. I mean, he's doing... That was hilarious. He was. He was spinning (laughs) out. (laughs) I don't know, man. I I mean, what's the ownership meetings looking like? Um, There'll be Skittles served. We know that. Yes, there will be. Um, Have you noticed... So famously he got fined right for not doing interviews right he he now is very gregarious very personable yeah, yeah. he's doing all kind of commercials <laughs> he you know he, he gets involved in the, and, and and does the video with with, with the kraken i mean he's everywhere and i he's, can he's imagine happy to talk to you i now. can imagine though because can you imagine being an athlete and just being beat down by questions and you always think people are looking for an angle which is part of what this job is because you're always looking for the story trying to create one yeah. or, or you know asking questions and if he's assuming you're trying to you know stir the pot or cause trouble or whatever you know i mean that's kind of part of the part of the deal i mean no you're absolutely right so for, after a all, while he probably said that's enough yeah uh, I, I I can't not imagine being an athlete. First of all, secondly, I, I get exactly what you're talking about because as as a, I won't call myself a reporter, but as a, as a guy who's covered teams before, um, I know that the that the guy knew the question I was going to ask him, and he didn't want me to ask it. But it's yeah. my job to ask that question. That's exactly right. I mean, I've heard people a million times talk about I'm not doing my job if I don't ask, and and even doing this. I'll go home, and I'm a guy who, again, we, we don't want to do fluff radio because we can get fluff radio anywhere. I'll ask the questions in a way that I don't think is going to be 
too abrasive, but I'm going to ask the questions because that's what we do. Right. And I'll go home at some time, uh, at some point and think, uh, was that a little much or, you know, how do they think or are they upset or whatever? You know, and it's like, okay, well, if you're upset, that, that then don't do what I'm asking about. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so. Anyway, Golden Knights, uh, they trailed Dallas by four points for the last wild card spot. Uh, Dallas has a game in hand, so that doesn't look like a great option at this point. Uh, they're five behind the Los Angeles Kings with a game in hand, but I, th- I, I think... As I've seen, as I've said, that's too much of a hurdle. You lose to New Jersey, you don't belong in. Uh, Knights play tonight at T-Mobile against the Capitals. Puck drops 7 o'clock. I do think they get a win tonight. I, I There's something that my gut is telling me they get a W tonight, but I think they're too far away um, uh, from where they need to be yeah. uh, with their schedule coming up with that tough three games trip, uh, which even with Chicago sandwiched in there, it, it's still a difficult three, three game trip at the end. And of course the silver Knights are going to be in the postseason. They beat San Diego last night in overtime. Uh, bigger story there of course, is the absence of uh, head coach Manny Viveros, who is going to be taking a leave of absence to battle uh, prostate cancer. Oh. And of course, uh, uh, Jamie Heward's going to take over in the meantime. So uh, our, our thoughts and prayers are, are with uh, Coach and, and his family as, as well. They'll be home Friday against San Jose. Puck drop uh, 7 o'clock at the DLC. Uh, from the NHL Network, we're happy to welcome in Jonathan Davis, a guy that I've followed his career and listened to him for years. Probably has no idea who I am, but I know he is. This is a uh, little bit of a crazy streak of favorites winning over the past weekend. But, you know, as I brought up with, with Mark Lawrence, this is not something that hasn't happened all year. He had 65% of the favorites that have won this season. And, and I think that's part of the reason why you have these crazy minus 450 and minus $5 numbers that maybe we, have, we haven't seen in past years. Well, thanks for having me, Dan. And yeah, I mean, we, we were all on Detroit last night, right? The Red Wings over Tampa. We had that, didn't we? Absolutely. I, I thought about not coming in today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it, yeah, I mean, it has been just a, a, a crazy year when it comes to the betting favorites in the NHL. And, you know, there's just so many interesting trends when you look at it. I mean, even like the, the big road favorites in the NHL, I've been tracking – you know, those road favorites, I think it's like minus 175 or more. Right. I mean, it's 126 and 43 heading into tonight. That's like 75%. Insane. Hey, do you ever get involved? Uh, I have a friend of mine that I do a, a hockey show with that kind of turned me on to this. You ever get involved with regulation wagers? You know, and, and you get a much better price. Uh, although you're not going to be able to do much with a $4 favor. But, you know, when you're in that $2 range, it gives you a much better price. Yeah, I have I have lately. Uh, you know, and unfortunately, a couple of those times have been with the Minnesota Wild, who have decided to win games in overtime, in overtime. Before, they beat, <laughs> before they beat Montreal last night. Yeah, I mean, not as much. I will tell you that the, the, mo- the craziest wager that I've ever made, first time I've ever done it, uh, wagering was I had Calgary at minus two and a half Saturday night against the Arizona Coyotes. I have never done uh, the alternate puck line yeah. before, but uh, but yeah, I, I do see the value in regulation. I, I'm more of a. I will say though that with with the percentages of teams winning, uh, the favorites winning, whether it's regulation or overtime, I, I just say just just take the darn win, and I don't care. 
if it goes to overtime, I'll pay, I'll pay more juice. But, uh, look, I, I couldn't touch the game last night with Tampa and Detroit regardless. I was trying to find different ways to play it. I did, you know, I, I did look at the over briefly. Uh, but that was one regulation or not, or even the puck line, which was I think you had a lay like minus 175. It just didn't make sense. So I'm pretty much a guy that would play a game to, you know, just play the team to win. Yeah, it was uh, 190 as a consensus on that, but uh, it still is a little bit too rich for me. I, I guess it depends on your bankroll. I mean, it doesn't it as you move forward. If you got a bigger bankroll, maybe you're willing to play a dollar fifty, dollar sixty favorite here and there. Uh, but if you're a guy that's trying to struggle and you know keep your head above water, those are certainly games that you not want, you don't want to be involved with. And I, I would assume at that point, I mean, the NHL and the way that the, the numbers have come out. I mean, we saw Toronto minus four fifty five yesterday i mean minnesota 265 tampa 480 uh, i mean it's almost forced you just to look at totals at this point for for you know having uh you know some sort of a grasp on your bankroll yeah i think that that's fair and and you know i mean I, so i've looked at more puck lines i mean you know I, i'm just looking down at, at some of the games that i played last night and you know, look, yes, the Rangers were a, a very heavy favorite, but uh, that was one where I was still comfortable uh, playing playing the, uh, you know, playing them on the money line. You know, team totals is another option for you if you want to look at it. There I you mean, go. Yep. I, I, yeah, I mean, you know, look, what was it? Last night, it was the first time in a dozen games that the St. Louis Blues did not hit four goals. So that would have been an unfortunate. You know, they lost either way you would have played the St. Louis Blues last night. Uh but yeah, I, you know, and it's an ugly card tonight, in my opinion, in the NHL. I mean, I, I'm looking at two games tonight. I'm looking at the under in that Dallas Edmonton game, and both, you know, Edmonton I think has played six straight unders. Dallas nine of thirteen. Um, and I'll also look at that. I already I did play the Chicago Blackhawks on the puck line tonight. I mean, Arizona, you know, as, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, has been absolutely brutal. And I think that you know, if you go back and take a look, I think it's like thirteen of their last fourteen losses have been by two goals or more. So, uh, you know, you're, if you play Chicago tonight and you, and you play the puck line, you know, you are getting plus money on it. I think that there's there's value in a player like that. Hey, Jonathan, you're you're in uh, Los Angeles. i I got to talk to you about the Kings and the Ducks. I, the, first of all, the, the Ducks, I'm just so impressed with this young talent. They're like everybody else in the league, right, uh, with Zegras and Drysdale and, and Troy Terry, just a fantastic club. And then – you know, Los Angeles has been through a similar season to the to, to Vegas. I, I don't think it's as many top line guys, but they've missed a lot of games, and and McClellan has just done a fantastic job, in my opinion, grinding them into a playoff spot. So, if you don't mind, give me a little more on the on the Ducks and the Kings. Well, let's start with the Kings. You know, I, I would say that the sum of the parts is better than any one individual on this team, and and Todd McClellan has done a phenomenal job. It is mind-boggling to me, though, guys, that you've got a team that's got a minus-three goal differential, and here they sit in a playoff spot. And I think a lot of that has to do, in fairness, to just you know what Vegas has gone through this year and, and to a degree what Vancouver has gone through this year. Because I think if you look at the rosters of both those teams, and uh, they're better. They're, they're just flat-out better than Los Angeles. But the Kings, uh, you know, they, they don't beat themselves. And, and that's a credit to... To Tom McClellan to get these guys buying in because you know you're missing your top two defensemen and a former Norris Trophy winner in Drew Doughty. So that's the LA situation. In Anaheim, 
you know, they were playing, I think, above their weight class for a good part of the year. Um, and then, you know, as the trade deadline hit and the roster got depleted of three key players in Manson and Lindholm and Ricard Raquel, uh, and then you combine, you had Jakob Silverberg has been out for months. Uh, there's just not enough skill right now to, for them to compete. But I, I do, you know, look, I, I love this roster. You mentioned, you know, Drysdale and Zegras and, and, and Troy Terry has finally emerged. You know, I think what in his fifth or sixth season uh, in the NHL, there's definitely reason to be excited. My big question going forward for Anaheim guys is: I, if I'm John Gibson, I wonder if I if he's asking for a trade in the off season because uh, you know he's only got so many years left, and by the time this team is good, I, I think he he's going to be more on the backside of his career. That's fine, you know, and maybe they can get some some more assets there uh, to, to build this roster. Is there uh, uh, goaltenders in the pipeline in Anaheim to fill his spot? Well, I don't think anybody can fill that spot well, right, right, right now. You know, I, I don't I don't think that they're there. But you know, look, if I'm Anaheim, uh, I, I'm I'm giving Ken Holland a call and seeing, okay, what can we do uh, to, to acquire some more assets for for John Gibson. But, I, I, you know, look, this team is still – it's still a couple years away. And Dallas Eakins has done a really good job here. But I just – you know, it, it, to me, it doesn't, it doesn't make a lot of sense. You know, you, you've got uh, – you've got Anthony Stolarz has played really well in a backup role, and that's really what he is. But I, I, I just – I'm just saying that from John Gibson's standpoint, I don't know if the Ducks would accommodate him. I just would not be surprised if we would hear that. In the offseason. Well, I think you make a good point. And, and again, I, I think the Ducks should look at it in, in accommodating him because, you know, they're, they're, they're as you say, a couple years away. He's not getting any younger. And, and from John Gibson's standpoint, yeah, I, I want to go to a contender now. I'm running out of time. Absolutely. And, you know, look, I, I like the direction of where they're going. And, and I'm really impressed with, with Pat Verbeek. Uh, I, I like the fact that he's giving Dallas Eakins, uh, you know, they extended him or they, I'm sorry, they, they picked up his option for next year because, look, uh, I, I, you know, you've seen the way that the players have grown under him. And for Patrick Beak, he hasn't really had a large enough of a sample size. So, you know, let, let's see what this team can do under Dallas Eakins. They play hard. There's no question about it. And, and they're, they're a fun team to watch, especially with, with what Zegers can do on the ice. And so we'll see where it goes. They're going to, you know, Maybe you know they, they've got they've got a pretty good staple of, of players that are moving you know uh, that are moving in the right direction. They just they don't have that breakthrough breakthrough guy yet. You know they're, they're I think what they're hoping for guys is that is that Troy Terry and Trevor Zegers take over and become what Jetflap and Perry were, uh, or at least uh, uh, you know maybe eighty percent of that. You know, one time they were they were thinking that maybe that would be Ricard Raquel and Jakob Silverberg, but Raquel is gone, and 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 you know, and Silverberg just you know he, he's shown moments of it, but just not enough on a consistent basis. Yeah, and of course it's taken a while, but you know, Troy Terry looks like he's he's emerging finally, and a lot of that too, Jonathan, has to do with uh, the players around you. I mean, who are you playing with? And and you know, I I you know, look, they were in it for a while, they, and again, playing playing above their weight class, like you said. I mean, they think that's a great way of putting it, uh, but it wasn't. You know, it, it was a good portion of the season. It wasn't like you know, once they hit Thanksgiving or once they hit Christmas, they were done. It was a good portion of the season that they were in. In fact, for me personally, when you looked at 
that the writing on the wall and the games in hand, I thought San Jose was going to fall out way before uh, before Anaheim did. And, you know, Anaheim just went on a slide. But, you know, Jonathan, again, talking about the Ducks moving forward, and when you look at their cap space, they have plenty of cap space. I don't know what they're going to eventually do with Getzlaff and Ryan Kessler, but there's more space. I can't imagine, uh, specifically with Kessler, if he's off the books, that's almost $7 million off the books. I mean, they could turn this around pretty quick. Well, absolutely. Yeah, so Kessler's almost off the books. Getzlaff, remember, is done. You know, he announced his retirement. He'll play his final home game so there's three uh, on million. Sunday. Yeah, against St. Louis, and that's going to be that's already a sold-out building. In Anaheim, it'll be that's going to be a, a great day, uh, you know, a, a great celebration that night. So yes, they will have cap space, and I think that you know, it, you know, when you're looking for places to play, you know, look, <laughs> Vegas and Florida, uh, Nashville uh, present you know the great tax breaks and, and make those cities attractive. But it, it never hurts to play out here in Southern California. I mean, for a guy like me who who grew up in, you know, born in Montreal, raised in Toronto. There's a reason why I tra- traded snow for beach. And, uh, hey, it's nice to be able to go to the rink in a pair of shorts every day. Uh, this is, a, you know, it's not a bad place to play. And, and, I'll, and from a media standpoint, guys, look, L.A. and Anaheim could be the two easiest markets to play in. Your, your, your press coverage is very Minimal. limited. Yeah. Minimal yeah. at best. So... You know, you can play in obscurity. You're, you've got a great quality of life. Uh, I, I would think that, you know, and, and with, with Pat Verbeek, you know, coming in, not that Bob Murray didn't give this team credibility, but I, I think Pat Verbeek gives this team credibility as well. And, and who wouldn't want to play with Terry and Zegers and Drysdale? Now we're talking to Jonathan Davis from the NHL Radio Network and in addition to various other things that we'll talk about. But um, just kind of to expound on that a little bit, it drives me nuts. And I don't know if you've ever done this or thought about it, but you go on the LA Times website and King's coverage, it, it, their their link is below high school sports. Like, I don't understand what is going on there. And I realized back in the day, I remember how they – that. Uh, that market treated what the XFL when it came in. I mean, they were just saying, we're not covering it. I mean, is, is it LA? Uh, is it the Lakers and the Dodgers and maybe US, USC a little bit, UCLA a little bit, but other than that, they have no interest in covering these other major sports. Well, no, you've got, you know, you've got the Rams uh, obviously. And uh, look, the LA Kings have, have taken a, a backseat for you know the, you know definitely the last couple of years. I mean, but w- w- when they were going, you know, when when they were making their their Stanley Cup runs, sure there was a lot of coverage back then. But no, I mean, look, you go to a Kings game right now, guys, and it's not just the LA Times, but you know, I, I would say on average you've got five people that you know are, are at a post game press conference, and and four of them either work for the team. You know, or they work for the broadcast network. Um, so it, it really has become very much, um, you know, of an afterthought, unfortunately, you know, for a team that's going to finally get in the playoffs after, you know, what, six, six years or seven years of just absolute futility. So uh, it's a tough market. I mean, there, 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 that's why I say there are a lot of things to do out here, as, as you well know. And unfortunately, you know, because they don't have that superstar. When, when Gretzky was here, it was fantastic. I mean, you you couldn't getting a, a Kings ticket was harder than getting a Lake. You know, it was harder than getting a Lakers ticket back then. And you know, it's a big. It's, it's definitely 
a front runner city when they got when they were making those cup runs. It was the hottest ticket in town. But you know, so many years of just uh, you know not making the playoffs, uh, it's taken its toll on this market, and really not having that superstar to gravitate to. Uh, you know that that also makes stuff. This is a town that wants that that needs names to be able to bring you out. Whether it's LeBron or whether it's you know a guy like you know with, you know the Freddie Freeman signing, um, you know or or you know you've got Cooper Cup or you know Matthew Stafford and the, and what the Rams were doing. I mean it's 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 hard. It's really hard in L.A. Do you worry at all about where Tampa is at this point, or is it just we're flicking on the switch? I mean, we know, and, and Steve and I have had this conversation about goaltending and, and going into the postseason, and I'm not sure who is real confident uh, about going through the gauntlet of the postseason with their current goaltending situation, uh, except maybe Tampa and Vasilevsky. But uh, they, you know, they had losses. They had that loss of Detroit as a massive favor. They seem to be struggling against the better teams in the league. Does that spell trouble as they go into the postseason? Well, yeah. I, I, see, I'm not sure. Like, I'm not, you know, I'm not sure, you know, where I'm at on Tampa. I mean, to your point about you know, look, they're one eleven and one in their last thirteen against teams that are currently in a playoff position. So. They're not only stinking against you know losing to the bad teams; they're losing to the good teams and quite handily as well. I don't know if this team is tired. I don't know if they just feel like you know. And, and look, if they are, it would make sense. You know, two two back to back Stanley Cups, and while we've had shortened seasons, you know, just the yes. the mental toughness of, of having to go through you know the bubble and, and and everything has you know made life really really tough. Just ask Paul Maurice, the you know the former Winnipeg Jets coach. So I, I, I'm not sure where I'm at on, on the Lightning. I mean, there, the skill is there. There's no question that the skill is there. Goaltending, yeah, Vasilevsky hasn't looked as sharp. You know, uh, but he's proven. At it, you know, but he's proven. No, I understand. Absolutely proven. But the guy in New York right now, you know, Shesterkin. I mean, that's 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 the team that I said about a month ago. That's my dark horse uh, because that guy can win you a series. And we've seen, you know, what the Rangers three straight shutouts and. Granted, it's the Jets, the Red Wings, and the Flyers, but still, it's three straight shutouts, and that's something you know to be said for. I mean, guys, wouldn't you say like maybe the second best goalie right now, and uh, maybe the best goalie who's not going to be in the playoffs is is uh, Sorokin, Sorokin for the Islanders? Yes. Oh, oh my God! I mean, you know, and and the Islanders, you know, they were dealt such a bad hand at the start of the season. You know, give Barry Trotz a tremendous amount of credit. He's not going to win Coach of the Year. Uh, and he's not even going to be one of the finalists. But you look at the job he's done and the fact that, you know, their goal differential now is, is down to minus three, the same as L.A. They've really turned things around, you know, over the last two months. Um, but getting back to your point, I, I do have some concerns about Tampa. I do. Have, yeah, you're, you're right, though. Outside of Shesterkin, I think I think he is the, the, the goalie right now that I feel the best about in the Eastern Conference. Interesting goalie situation in the Western Conference, Jonathan, in Minnesota. I mean, they go and get yeah. Marc-Andre Fleury and, and, and think that, you know, okay, we got a number one guy now for the playoffs. And then all of a sudden, Tobolt says, hey, wait a minute, I'm here. And, and, and he's, and he's been just fantastic lately. Yeah, 11-0-3 in his last 14 starts for Cam Talbot. And uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, what, 6-1, and one, uh, you know, in, in seven starts with the Minnesota Wild. You know, look. Many times you say, you know, if you've got two number ones, you don't you don't have a number one. They do right now 
have two number ones, and, and I'm sure they feel quite confident no matter who goes in net, you know, come game one of the Stanley Cup playoffs. I, I, I would have to believe it's Marc-Andre Fleury, but if you went with Cam Talbot, uh, it wouldn't surprise me either. I love this Minnesota team. I mean, I, I've got them at, at 12 to 1 uh, on a futures bet for the Stanley Cup. I don't, you know, I think that there's great value in that. They're, they're a nasty team. The problem for Minnesota guys is the team that they're going to have to face in round one has just kicked their backside, uh, you know, in, in, in recent play. Uh, and they had a, you know, they had that great game last weekend where the, the Wild rallied and, and got the game to overtime after being down 4 1 and 5 2. Uh, but their record against St. Louis is abysmal. Uh, but I can't wait. Give me seven of that series. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, I, I love Dean Everson. I love the way the team plays for him. Yep. There, there's a little speed there. They're definitely physical, and they don't back down from anybody. No, they sure don't. And that's why they, you know, when they bring in a guy like Nick Delorier, uh, you know, he'll, he'll definitely uh, quiet things down on, on the other side of the ice. Um, but they're going to go against the St. Louis team, guys. It was, it's got nine 20-goal scorers, um, and, and Billy Husso has just been absolutely outstanding. And, and, and Jordan Bennington has actually played quite well, uh, you know, of late. He's really – his numbers may not say he, he's having a great season, but I, I'll tell you, that, that game against Nashville on Saturday, you know, despite the score being 8-3, to three, it was tied at 1 when Bennington made a huge stop on Roman Yossi, the Blues go off ice, and Callie Rosen finishes off uh, finishes off the rush, and that was the first of seven second period goals, I believe. And, and then they you know they go on to that eight three victory. But Bennington, you know, kept them in early in that game, and that's a good thing for them to have. There's no question that Huso becomes, you know, the it will be the starting goalie come the playoffs. And the Blues have an interesting situation to deal with in the off season with with Huso being a UFA at season's end. Um, it wouldn't shock me if the Blues try to find a way to move Jordan Bennington, and maybe, maybe you know, the Edmonton Oilers become a trading partner for for Bennington. Uh, they're definitely going to be in the market for a goalie in the off season. But yeah, I, I really like what I see with St. Louis, and you know, whether it's Robert Thomas or or Vladimir Tarasenko. You know, you think about that game last night, guys. Boston and St. Louis. What a game that was. And the two guys that uh, continue to roll, Boston, you've got Jake DeBrusque, who asked for a trade, and he's got he, he <laughs> set up the game-winning goal. And Tarasenko. And Tarasenko has yeah. got, what, 30, 39 goals or 38 goals? He asked for a trade. But, uh, yeah, this Blues team can get to hit you in so many different ways. Yeah, and and that, and that's exactly right. And you talk about the one-two punch as far as goaltending is concerned between Huso and Bennington. I mean, you, you know, for the people that say, well, if you have – two number ones you don't have any I would say look at the number ones that you have because I think Marc-Andre Fleury who has been uh, the clear number one he's also been a number two at least he was trying to be forced into that spot but he has the demeanor that would actually you know fit in whatever role you ask him to play so I don't think in Minnesota's stand, uh, position I don't think having uh, two number ones is a bad thing because I think you have two guys that can handle that yeah, I mean, Cam Talbot's had to deal with that, you know, ever since he left uh, Edmonton. And he's flourished. He's definitely flourished in Minnesota. And, look, you've got a great team in front of you uh, that, that really, you know, that reduces the high danger chances that you're going to see. Uh, I, I would, look, I, I have to believe that Marc-Andre Fleury knew what he was getting into uh, when he went to Minnesota. I mean, he was so particular about where 
he wanted to go and where he did not want to go. And I'm sure that he felt that, you know, that he was going to have to share some time with Cam Talbot. Uh, look, for, for Fleury, who says he wants to come back for one more year after this, and I think that uh, it wouldn't shock me to see him in, back in Pittsburgh next year. Uh, I'm sure, you know, winning a cup is going to be more, more important than his ego right now. Yeah, I know what organization he will not be back with because <laughs> <laughs> they will never admit to that. But uh, last question, Jonathan, is it crazy right now? I mean, you're involved in gaming, and obviously I am as well. Is it crazy the the big hug that all these leagues are giving gaming right now? Or, I mean, 10 years ago, we'd never be able to speak about uh, you know, numbers or, you know, ESPN having a, a show uh, dedicated to gambling on a daily basis. I mean, it is crazy where we've come in the last decade. It is. And, and, and I think that, you know, look, at the end of the day, it's something that's bringing in dollars to the league. And, and the, you know, I don't think it's bringing in huge dollars necessarily to the NHL. But what it does is it brings eyeballs to the game and it creates fan interaction. And I think the league has finally realized that, you know, uh, let's not worry about, you know, the corruption is not an issue. I mean, look, you guys know it best. Vegas is, is, is where, where where people get caught in, in any type of illegal activity. So least We're not worried about the Right. You know, and, and, you know, look, look, it was in Vegas where, where, where the scandals were, 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 exposed. were, were caught. Yep. Yeah. Exposed. So, yeah, I, I look, I think it's, it's fantastic. Um, look, anything that, that helps to create, more people watching the game is a good thing. No, sure, I understand there are there are downsides. You know, you you know you can get out of hand. Um, but I look, I kind of treat it as the stock market, and so it, it's really to me. I think if you take that approach, and you know, you, you're really looking for for great value, whether it's long term or short term. So when I talk about you know futures, you know, sure you, you're going to have to wait a couple of months to to try to cash in on your future, or if it's a game, you know. Just, just be smart about it, and uh, I think that you know you can listen to your program uh, and, and the show that uh, you know that you got that uh, Dana you do. I think it's on, on Bet US, uh, you know that that program that you do, or whether it's on Decent or wherever it is. I, the the fact that there's so many more places to gain knowledge, and if people want to take advantage of it, uh, I, I think that you know I think they should because. You know, people like yourself and, and me who, who really do a lot of a lot of hard work. It's not just saying throwing a dart and, and saying this is who I think is going to win. Um, you know, look, you're not going to get rich doing it. You're only going to, you know the the best of us hit what 55, 56 percent. But uh, hey, uh, it, it's definitely a lot of fun, and I think the leagues the leagues are definitely seeing the upside. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of work that goes into it. And and one more thing too, I got to throw this out to you, Jonathan, because you brought it up. And I think this is a great idea. And again, this probably falls under the category of I have too much time to think. But what if there's a day where we do treat these teams as a stock market, uh, as like the stock market, and there's a value on each of these teams that we could actually buy or sell based upon you know our investment. So for instance, you know if if the Golden Knights are sold at I don't know, $20 a share, and you buy X amount of shares, and if they continue to win, you could cash out at any time. I mean, is that a crazy idea that maybe someday would happen? Well, I, I, I don't know. It, it, I, look, nothing's crazy. What do they say? There's no, there's, no, there's no stupid ideas. There's only stupid people. You know, I feel like most of mine are. <laughs> but I think that's where the futures market comes in. I yeah. mean, look, 
you know, I think that's where, you know, so for me, like, I, I, I had a future on the San Jose Sharks, you know, under, uh, I think it was 83 and a half points and under 37 wins. So that's, and you can continue, you know, to be able to play a lot of those futures throughout the year. So maybe that's as close to the shares as you're talking about when you're talking about investing, you know, in the value of a team. Yeah, I don't know. That would excite me because I like both of those things. I like the stock market, and obviously I like wagering. Uh, Jonathan, we appreciate you coming on very much. Tell everybody where they can find your work, which seems to be everywhere. So tell everybody where you are. Well, uh, you can catch me uh, on Ice Cap on NHL Network Radio. That's uh, I'm usually I'm on Sunday, Mondays, and usually one or two other nights uh, throughout the week. Ice Cap comes on after the final game uh, on the NHL schedule. Catch me on Twitter and Instagram at West Coast Hockey, and I couldn't afford all the letters, so hockey is spelled H K Y, which is kind of very Canadian of me. It's okay, um, and you know, uh, you know, you'll catch me on, on, on other platforms as well. Yeah, well, there, uh, Jonathan. Jonathan, we appreciate your time very much, and uh, we'll definitely have you on moving forward. Well, thanks again, guys. Have a great day. Really appreciate the time. All right, there he goes, Jonathan Davis from the NHL Radio Network. We'll take a quick break, and we'll do a little bit more of a deep dive. Seems like we've talked about the Flames quite a bit, but they're always willing to, you know, anytime I ask to come on, they're more than happy to. So we'll be back uh, with Pat Steinberg, who covers the Flames for Sportsnet 960. We'll be back. STN Sports is the only sports betting app you need this season. STN Sports has it all. In-play betting, mobile parlay cards, the Play Plus card to fund and withdraw from anywhere in Nevada, and up to a $100 new sign-up bonus. STN Sports even lets you earn rewards for every bet. Safe and easy betting from your phone or tablet. Go to StationCasinoSports.com or sign up at any Station Casino or Wildfire. Complete details available at all sportsbooks. Oasis Bar and Grill at 4955 South Decatur near the corner of Trop has been totally renovated. It features incredible food with a kitchen that's open 24-7. Gaming promotions every month. There are cashback drawings for loyal players. The banquet room is spacious and a great venue for any type of function. Sports fans won't miss any of the action with HDTVs throughout the property. Oasis is a great place to meet and make new friends. The staff is fun and engaging. Get in on the fun with great food, great drink, and gaming promotions at Oasis Bar and Grill, 4955 South Dakota. Experience the thrill of the grill. John Smith Subs is home of the famous Steak Bomb and other premium deli subs with grilled-to-order marinated sirloin steak, grilled chicken, farm-fresh veggies, and delicious bread baked daily. Our subs are making a name for themselves with quality and flavor. Add an order of piping hot french fries and you have a meal you can't get anyplace else. Experience the thrill of the grill at John Smith Subs. Visit johnsmithsubs.com to find a location near you. Hey, Golden Knights fans, I'm attorney Adam Kuttner. I'm proud to be an official partner of the Vegas Golden Knights. We're giving you the chance to play at home along with the Golden Knights to win home game tickets through our power play giveaway. Each time the Golden Knights are on a power play, we'll pick one of my Twitter followers who tags me on Twitter with the hashtag Adam Kuttner Power Play. And when the Golden Knights score, that lucky fan wins tickets to the Fortress. So make sure to follow me on Twitter. Go Knights, go! Calling all Vegas Golden Knights super fans for the Terribles game day giveaway. During all of Vegas Golden Knights home games, visit any participating Terribles location, make a qualifying purchase, get a scratch card, enter on the Terribles app, and you could win a $1,000 Golden Knights shopping spree. 
best yet, one lucky customer will win this prize every day the Vegas Golden Knights have a home game. Terrible's Game Day Giveaway. It's only at Terrible's. Visit Terrible's.com for more details. Oasis Bar and Grill at 4955 South Decatur near the corner of Trop has been totally renovated. It features incredible food with a kitchen that's open 24-7. Gaming promotions every month. There are cashback drawings for loyal players. The banquet room is spacious and a great venue for any type of function. Sports fans won't miss any of the action with HDTVs throughout the property. Oasis is a great place to meet and make new friends. The staff is fun and engaging. Get in on the fun with great food, great drink, and gaming promotions at Oasis Bar and Grill, 4955 South Decatur. STN Sports is the only sports betting app you need this season. STN Sports has it all. In-play betting, mobile parlay cards, the Play Plus card to fund and withdraw from anywhere in Nevada, and up to a $100 new sign-up bonus. STN Sports even lets you earn rewards for every bet. Safe and easy betting from your phone or tablet. Go to StationCasinoSports.com or sign up at at any station casino or wildfire. Complete details available at all sportsbooks. Absolutely love this song, Under My Skin by Temp. Uh, welcome back to... Vegas Hockey Hotline from the Brian Blessing Studios, brought to you by Station Casinos and the STN app. Let's click quickly welcome in uh, Pat Steinberg, who does a terrific job as the Calgary Flames radio host on Sportsnet 960. And uh, Pat, I was told by Jonathan Davis, who you're going to have, uh, I guess, uh, talk to later on to give you a hard time for, uh, for some reason. I don't know. I'm just passing passing the message along. So I've done that. That sounds uh, that sounds on brand for uh, JD. Yeah, he yes. joins uh, he joins our show up here every Wednesday. So uh, cool that we're both on with uh, with you in the same hour today. How we doing? Uh, great, man. I appreciate you coming on. And I, I have to tell you, if I'm being completely honest, I always call this honest radio. Uh, I've thrown in the towel on the Golden Knights, but what what did they do the other night against the Flames? That really gave them trouble. And why is it they couldn't take that? Was it just intensity level? Was it desire? Uh, what was it that they couldn't carry that over to a, to a game against New Jersey where they absolutely needed to win at home against a team they were a huge favorite on? Yeah, and you know, having watched all three of their last games. So watch the, the game in Calgary uh, here, at, here at the Saddledome and then watching them in Edmonton and then watching them play against New Jersey. I, I honestly, I because they came to play with uh, desperation that had a, uh, a real playoff feel to it on Thursday night. They were stingy. They, uh, they converted on opportunity. They generated, they hemmed Calgary deep. And I think, I think part of it is the fact that Calgary was already clinched for a playoff spot or, right. or they weren't clinched at that time, but they were, you know, pretty much you knew that they were going to go. And one team was trying to clinch playoff spot and one team's fighting for their playoff lives and, and actually has desperation. And I think that probably played a little bit into it that one team was desperate and the other team wasn't. But then, okay, how do you, how do you then try to wrap your head around what happened against New Jersey? I know that I know that Andrew Hammond made some big stops and there were some posts and some goal mouth scrambles and all that type of stuff. But 
You know, it's kind of been that's kind of been the thing that I've been trying to wrap my head around with Vegas all year long. I mean, the, the, the three games they've played against Calgary, for instance, one of them they got blown out of the Saddle Dome, but that was a weird one. But two of them they looked like absolute world beaters, and the team that we've come to know them to be over their first half decade in the league. They controlled possession. They had more scoring opportunities. They didn't allow much of anything. And and you're like, okay, well that's the Vegas team that we all thought they were going to be, but. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to wrap my head around what has happened the last two games. Edmonton's a good team, and Mike Smith was really good in that game on Saturday afternoon. But the New Jersey game was one they just absolutely had to have, and it, it didn't. It didn't look anything like the team that I saw with my own two eyes here just a little less than a week ago. Yeah, it's 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 mind-boggling and it's maddening. And I, I this league has so much parity in it. Uh, already, I mean, on a, we we've seen this is a year where we've seen Arizona beat Colorado, and uh, you know you never know. I mean, even going to last night with Detroit beating Tampa Bay, I mean, it's who would have thought that was going to happen? But is there something to be said for a team uh, who is getting healthier now? And yes, they could lean on injuries, but you know when those kids came up from from Henderson to play, they they had a chip on their shoulder and they had that uh, sense of urgency and they had an opportunity that they didn't, they were also fighting for jobs, you know, and, and then when you started to get, you know, the Mark Stones back in the lineup and you, you had the Pacioretty's back in the lineup, I, I just wondered if they thought, okay, we're back, everything's going to be great, uh, or are they just not 100%? I mean, there could be, it, this is all speculation, but the one thing that's not speculation is when you talk about intensity level, that should never, ever be a problem. And it was certainly a, a problem against New Jersey. And at the very late, least, their problems are they just, they just can't finish. Which, I mean, on, on the finishing side of things, that's kind of been something that has plagued Vegas for a number of seasons now. I even go back to the bubble when they almost got upset by Vancouver in round two, and they just yeah, couldn't. Demko was fantastic. <laughs> he was all world without question, but they were they were throwing like forty and fifty shots in, uh, a night on on him, and you're like, okay, well, are they going to be able to finish? Like, I was worried going into Game Seven, they just weren't going to be able to to score enough, uh, enough goals to to beat a very average Vancouver team at the time. That's it's been something that's been really hard to wrap your head around over the last few years, especially since Peter DeBoer has taken over behind the bench. And the, the other thing that I keep wondering about, and this is the one thing that gives me a little bit of pause in saying that, oh, windows closed on the Vegas Golden Knights, because I, I don't believe that. I go back to, now I'm thinking off the top of my head what year it would have been. I think it would have been the 2017-18 season. Uh, Tampa Bay missed the playoffs that year, so they – were a really good team. They had made a Stanley Cup final. They had made multiple Eastern Conference finals under John Cooper. And then they missed the playoffs with a bunch of injuries and a bad first half of the season in 27-18. You're like, geez, how can, how can Tampa Bay miss the playoffs? And then the following year, they ran away with the President's Trophy, got swept by Columbus in round one. And then the next two years, they won the Stanley Cup. And I just, I, I wonder, and I'm not saying that it's going to work out exactly like that for the Golden Knights, but I just wonder if with all of what has happened this year, the Jack Eichel trade and the degenerative back issue for Mark Stone and all the injuries they've had to deal with from Pacioretty to Martinez to uh, Tuck wasn't in the lineup before he got traded, all that type of stuff, you just wonder if it wasn't their year. And this was just not the year 
uh, for Vegas to put it all together. And with all those, with all that talent, and with all the things that they have going for them roster-wise, a lot of me wonders if this is just a down year, and they'll be back to being the really good team we have gotten used to for next season. Because there really has been a lot of things out of their control that have hurt them, and a lot of things that I think most teams would would not have been able to overcome ultimately. And I mean, I guess they're not completely out of it, but yeah, with the, with the way things have gone the last 48 hours or so, I'm kind of now for the first time thinking they're not going to make it too. And it's too bad because they've been they've been one of the great stories in the NHL since they entered the league. But I I'm not I'm not ready to say this is it for them, even if they do end up missing, which kind of feels like they're going to at this point. Yeah. Oh no, I. I don't either. I mean, the talent is there. I mean, at least you can say, I mean, we certainly, they, they certainly have the talent that, um, you know, could produce a Stanley Cup winning team. There's no doubt about that. But I even go back when I'm making the point about, hey, look, if you go back to when they started before all these injuries happened, they struggled in the beginning of the year. Their, their first game, they struggled against Seattle at home. They lost to L.A. They lost to St. Louis, Edmonton, Islanders. I mean, they started the season off one in four. So it wasn't like, you know, and then they had a shootout win against Anaheim and an OT win against Dallas. I mean, it wasn't like before they were injured, they were lighting it up either. Yeah, and you know, and I've 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 read a lot of different things about you know what what's the um, what's the confidence level amongst people in that market and and people who watch them every single night. What's the confidence level on Peter DeBoer as the head coach? And look, I think I think Pete is an outstanding coach. I really do, and and I've come to admire his work with the Sharks. I've come to admire his work with the Devils. Um, and, and he has taken teams deep before. But the one thing that you always hear about a Peter DeBoer coach team is that he makes an impact right away. He gets a lot out of teams when he gets there. First two, three years with him behind the bench, you get a lot out of your group. And then the message kind of starts to fall on you know ears that are tuning him out a little bit more. And it starts to it starts to be one of those things where maybe the tack and the approach starts to wear, wear thin a little bit. That's kind of the reputation that Pete has, has built up in the NHL. And I, part of me wonders if there's a little bit of that going on right now, just knowing how intense he is, knowing how, how much he rides players and, and you know, just all of, the, all of the things that go into a way that a coach decides to message the way that he wants to uh, coach his team. And I, I, part of me is wondering a little bit about that right now, if, if maybe that's starting to, starting to catch up to him. And I just I look at that team, and I look at next year, and a, of a healthy Jack Eichel without having to come in midway through a season, whether it's Pete coaching the team or somebody else coaching the team, I, I still think that that's a team that is going to be uh, a force to be reckoned with for a few years here in the NHL, even even if they end up missing this year. I think you're right, Pat. I, 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 the, the scoring thing needs to be addressed, though. This was an issue when Gallant was here, and it's still an issue now. That When they have quality scoring chances, a lot of times they don't even get it on net. 
No, oh, that drives me nuts. And, and, and then, and then, Ugh. and then, when they do, if there's a rebound, there doesn't seem to be anybody there. It, it, it seems like a you know kind of a simple answer to me. Get get the thing on net. If you don't feel like you you can pot it in, put put it on the goaltender in a spot where he can't get the face off, and then you've got a loose puck out front. And get guys to the front of the net. Is it just that simple? Or you've watched a lot of hockey, Pat? What what do you do in this situation where when you just can't finish? What do you tell the boys? Well, so there's a few things. First of all, um, especially the way Vegas plays under under Pete DeBoer, and, and you know, you go back to you go back to the time under Gerard Gallant, no doubt about it. There, there's been those issues as well. But part of the one of the things that that you see with the way Vegas plays the game, there when they're at their best, and it hasn't been quite like this the last number of weeks, but when they're at their best, they're a high shot volume team, and they're a team that puts a lot of pucks in and around the net. Very similar to the way the Flames play here, the way the Los Angeles Kings played under Daryl Sutter or the LA Kings are playing right now under Todd McClellan. Uh, they're, they're one of those teams that just puts a lot of rubber towards the net. And sometimes when you're a team that so much of your offensive game plan is based on shot volume, so much of your offensive game plan is, is based on offensive zone time, you see a lot of chances and you see a lot of pucks around the net, but because it is such a high volume plan, it sometimes takes away from the finishing. You take a look at the way Tampa Bay plays, for instance, the lightning are a team that, you know, they're not always at the top of the league or, or even in the top half of the league or top third of the league when it comes to shot volume. But when you've got Braden point and Nikita Kucherov and Victor Hedman and Steven Stamkos and Anthony Sorelli and guys who finish at a high rate, well, you've got a coach in, in John Cooper who knows that we don't need to play that very, very um, deliberate brand of puck possession, shot volume hockey. So I wonder if the acquisition of Eichel, who is a high-end finisher, and I don't think has, has fully come into his own as a member of the Golden Knights, I wonder if that's a guy that starts to turn that a little bit and you know you, you you coach for you coach for who you have on your team you develop game plans for who you have on your team and and i just wonder if sometimes when you're a team like for when, when vegas first started and and even when they went out and they acquired patch and they acquired stone at that deadline in 2019 i mean for the longest time it's been a vegas team that is based on depth and a, a team that is based on having line one through four and they're all going to play a similar way and they, they didn't have that superstar player and even even stone and and patcheretti at his age aren't superstar players very good hockey players guys that have fit like gloves since joining that organization but not that elite high-end player well now that they have eichel and and i really do believe even though he's not a point per game guy in, in his time in vegas i really do believe a full offseason a full normal offseason Without all of the garbage swirling around, I, I think yeah. Jack Eichel is going to be an, an absolute wagon next year. And I wonder if that starts to change the narrative a little bit when it comes to finishing. Because now you've got a number one center. Now you've got a superstar player, in, in my eyes. Uh, and, and, and I think that can really start to help. But that, that's what I've seen a lot with Vegas over the last couple of years. A lot of shot volume. And when you're so focused on always putting pucks towards the net and always getting those attempts higher than your opponent, 
I find that it can sometimes take away from high-end finishing, and, and yeah. I do wonder if there's been a little bit of that going on with the Golden Knights the last couple of years. Yeah, you, I mean, you can look at the Islanders, Pat, and we appreciate you joining us. You can look at the Islanders uh, over the last month, low sl- uh, shot per, uh, shots per game, but obviously having a ton of success. Pat, we appreciate you uh, joining us, and, and good luck with uh, Jonathan Davis later on. <laughs> uh, yes, I will do my best with him. All right, there he goes, Pat Steinberg who uh, does a terrific job as a radio host for Sportsnet 960 covering the Flames. We want to thank Bobby Thompson, covers the Bucks and the Patriots, Mark Lawrence, Jonathan Davis, and, of course, Pat. And we'll see you tomorrow. Tomorrow, uh, Paul Stone, Kenny King Jr., and Denny Webster.